Good evening. Welcome to the PSI Monthly Podcast. My name is Kat, and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the podcast. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 40 years. And each month on these trainings, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic course as a free resource for you and your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about the basic course, you can go to PSIBasicSeminar.com. The topic for tonight's call is dealing with difficult people. Tonight we are very excited to bring you this special training followed by a Q&A session. First, I'd like to introduce your speaker for tonight. We have an amazing guest with us this evening, Mr. Todd Campbell. He began his journey with PSI seminars in 2000 by attending the PSI basic seminar. And then in 2005, he became an instructor for the class. As a direct result of using the tools from the PSI courses, he has started multiple companies. He's a very successful businessman, a dynamic speaker, and a true family man. Todd, are you with us? Yes, I am. All right. Welcome to the call. We're looking forward to hearing what you have to say about dealing with difficult people. Well, this will be a fun topic because I think this is something that's plagued everybody at one point or another. And we could almost start by defining difficult as in someone who doesn't see things the way we do or doesn't hear things the way we communicate. Um, Difficult, primarily anybody who it's tough to get results with, tough to have see our side. Oftentimes, maybe even we can consider them unreasonable, overly demanding, non-expressive, somebody that won't give us a clue what they feel emotionally, somebody who can't see things from the other side, doesn't vary in opinion. All these different things that can be seen as difficult, I know we've all run across them. Um, people in their personalities definitely have some characteristics or traits. And one thing that we teach in the basic seminar, not only getting yourself to a space where you're conducive and effective with others, but in learning about other people's behavioral styles. And that's really the topic we're going to combine with this evening, because the more you understand about why people think the way they think, why they hear things the way they hear things, what their overall or underlying agenda is at any given time, much easier to steer things into a space where we can be conducive with them at best. Now, we may not want to function from that same space they do. We may not even enjoy the same things that, let's say, bring them happiness or gratitude in their lives. But to understand them better, to set a space where we can be one step closer in that communication. One of the tools that we teach in the basic seminar is called the behavioral matrix. Now, there's many different types of behavioral profiling out there. Um, I can assimilate it to the DISC system. The one thing that's unique about the behavioral styles that we teach in the SciBasic seminar is so many different personality matrices out there are designed to almost make, let's just say, difficult people even more difficult because they can split us, they can divide us, they can even pigeonhole us, say this is who we are, this is all we're good at, this is the only type of people that we're effective with. And we truly cut through so many of those areas in what we do in the, the overall basic seminar inside, but really with the behavioral matrix to almost as if you look down at your ankles and you saw no shackles there. As I've heard on airlines, you're at some points free to move about the cabin. And so I'm gonna ask that everybody just listen with the perspective that as we talk about these behavioral styles, we're gonna go a little more in depth than sometimes we do as far as conflict resolution and how to be more effective with people. And I strongly encourage everybody, if you have not yet attended the basic seminar, this one exercise I've had people say is worth the whole value of the three days, the whole opportunity, and then everything builds from there. Um, anybody who has taken the basic seminar, I can't strongly urge you enough to come back and re-audit that session as it is uh, such a privilege uh, after being a graduate of the side basic seminar to be able to come back to re-audit at any given time because how we deal with people in their personalities, their perceptions, as well as how we can come to what we'll call the center of what we call the behavioral matrix to be effective with all different styles starts with an understanding. And so in really understanding these different behavioral styles, someone who comes from a formal dominant 
area. Uh, in the DISC profile, that would be called a high D, which refers to dominance, person who places emphasis on accomplishing results, the line, confidence. People of this style tend to be result-oriented, and they tend to be less concerned about the personal needs of other people. Although they can be very caring, they will not tend to openly show how they feel, and they're often accused of not caring and being insensitive to the needs of others. Caring instead more about the job, their focus is simply, let's get the job done, and feelings will come and go. They believe there is something more important than how we feel or our feelings at any given time, and feelings can oftentimes just get in the way, in their opinion. Getting the job done is more important than how a person is feeling in any moment, thus they may appear again to be independent, competitive, reserved, and even aloof in their relationships with others. The controller interaction style characterizes a person who tends to be directive in and making things happen. Controllers may be assertive or even aggressive and moving towards goals. Unfortunately, <clears throat> pardon me, since controllers tend not to feel the need to express personal motives or feelings, their goals may not be clearly identified to other people. This can make them very difficult to get along with if they really have an agenda, they're pushing hard on something and nobody is really even sure what the end objective is. The controller is interested in getting things done efficiently and personal and group productivity is of high importance. The controller will tend to judge others by his or her own personal interactive style and will not often expect others to operate in the same style, but judge them as if they were supposed to. It's a tough person to deal with because oftentimes without full explanation, without even knowing everything they want, their expectations are extremely high and they may be the only one that even looks or knows the result they're looking for. Worst work most effectively with a controller or dominant behavior style, you gotta be prepared to show how your ideas can get the results that he or she is looking for. Discover common objectives and goals and find ways to support these and to assist with obtaining the desired results. Now, even if this is in relationship, it could be that, you know, once a year vacation, it could be the next home project. Again, when they feel that people are on their team, the overall end objective is getting done. That's how they show appreciation oftentimes. That's how they feel respect or love is when people absolutely care about what they care about. A few things to truly avoid with this type of behavioral style. Don't waste time with small talk. It annoys them. It can even set them into a tone where they're not willing to hear anything that you want to say after that. Keep the relationship business-like. Oftentimes in the business areas, it's not even necessary to build a personal relationship with these people unless that's what they obviously desire. Again, to let them control the spaces that are in the relationship is one of the biggest ways to get along with these people. I know other behavioral styles, it has to come from friendship, it has to come from loyalty. 100% only cares about that it comes from the result, doesn't waste any time. When you're dealing with this type of behavioral style, also plan to ask questions about specific items. Really stick to the what, why, or when. It's one of the biggest things you can do to really get along with them. Again, they don't care if you understand everything, but if you can understand what they want, why they want it, or when they want it by, one of the best things you can do to stay in motion with these people. If you agree with the position of a controller behavioral style, support the results desired rather than supporting the controller personally. Personal support is not as important to him or her, but support of the ideas and of their objectives are extremely important. Indicate those things that you can do to achieve those objectives or be on team with those objectives or any questions or struggles that you wanna get cleared up in meeting those objectives. If you disagree with the position of a controller, disagree with the facts, not the person. Avoid personal criticisms. This will shut these people down in a heartbeat. Make your position clear based on facts and logic and avoid emotions. Don't go to feelings, don't go to philosophies. You don't wanna go hysterical or historical with these people. They really only are in the present moment and what's the result now? Try to be present to options to the controller or present the options to the controller so that he or she can make a decision. They're very decision oriented. Now, we're gonna be answering some calls in specific situations a little later in, but to give you that in-depth piece, oftentimes these are going to be the people in your life that are either team leaders, oftentimes maybe the company owner. In marital relationships or let's just even say in social relationships, 
this is the person that definitely needs to be in charge. What time we're leaving, where we're going, how we're getting there, all of these pieces. And we'll oftentimes go to overwhelm and not allow anybody to help. Delegation is an extreme struggle for these people. Again, why it's so important to acknowledge their ideas and be that person, if you really want to be effective with them, that can provide a solution, can provide an end game. And so one of the other behavioral styles we want to talk about is what's called in, let's just say the DISC theory, C for conscientious. Um, we call it analyst behavioral style. This is a very well thought out person, someone who has to understand the beginning point, the middle point, the end point, understand the research, the rationale, the data behind what we're doing. And so this style may appear to be uncommunicative. They don't communicate very well. They can oftentimes see dis seem distant and guarded in their relationships. Analysts tend to judge others based upon their own frame of reference. In other words, their need for perfection in their work. A person of this style tends to be sensitive and can care and can worry about things that have to be done properly. It's almost as if even the simplest chore in helping with these people getting in, if it's not done exactly the way they want it and to their specifications, they'll go back and start again. They strive for accuracy in their work. They have a great need for knowing exactly how things are supposed to be done. They don't fly by the seat of their pants well. They don't deal with changes at the last minute at all. They want to make the right decision. In other words, it's so important to them that everything is correct, perfection. They oftentimes require detailed explanations. They're usually cautious and slow to change, and they tend to be low risk takers. Dealing with somebody like this and asking them just to jump in the middle of something, to go forward without an extreme direction, to even fly by the seat of their pants, to be spontaneous, can literally send these type of people into a spin. The analyst makes decisions and judgments based on facts. They also separate emotion from fact, and they can also have difficulty understanding people who are unable to do this. If you're over emotional with these people, they, they literally panic. They don't know what to do. They can shut down, pull back, avoid. In fact, the analysts may distrust those who express emotions in business. They don't trust people who involve emotion in business decisions. And the ability to apply reason and logic is one of the analyst's greatest strengths. To work most effectively with this analyst behavioral style, you need to show that you're capable of pre presenting a logical and accurate approach based on facts. The goal should be to show a great depth of knowledge and to not be too quick in seeking a solution. Demonstrate thorough action, how you can help or how you can make the difference. The most effective approach is in an organized, well-presented and well-documented presentation that often needs to be in writing. I know it's difficult if you're the type of person like myself that flies by the seat of your pants, you'd much rather have a phone call. Phone calls tend to be extremely ineffective with these people unless you first laid down all the information so that they can feel educated, informed, and precise in every piece of the conversation that's gonna happen. Analysts tend to anticipate others to oversell themselves, to oversell what they can or will do. Therefore, be specific and be careful not to oversell them. Take your time and be persistent. Be careful not to rush an analyst. Even after you've established a relationship, their decision-making process is different. If you want to back them into the corner, you want to have them totally shut down, demand an immediate decision. Be aware that agreement doesn't mean a quick implementation. The analyst will tend to seek assurance that the decisions are right and that there is no chance for error. They'll double, triple check everything. They want several days to sleep on any big decision, generally speaking. Don't offer guarantees or commitments that you cannot can, can fulfill. They will hold that against you. It can literally destroy relationships. Define clearly and in writing all individual responsibilities in a scope of work with these type of people and present your case softly and non-threateningly. Again, unlike the controllers where dominance respects dominance, the analysts will shut down at high signs of emotion, whether that be high signs of emotion and passion and sadness and sorrow, or even in, again, righteousness, getting very, very excited about something, they shut down. They don't deal with emotions as well as other behavioral styles. The next behavioral style we're gonna talk about, we call promoter. 
in the disc program, it's again, I for influence, the person that places emphasis on influencing or persuading others, openness in relationships. Promoters tend to be very warm and approach people in an outgoing and animated way. Promoters will involve you and other people in their thinking, feelings, and their decision-making. They like to work with groups of people and tend to be fast, sometimes make impulsive decisions. And promoters tend to have much consideration for needs of other people, and they tend to seek social approval and like lots of airtime. These people, if they don't get to express their ideas, if they don't feel equally represented in time, if they're not the people that you go out of your way to, to see first thing, to say hello to, they can take it very personally because to them, that's everything. The promoter wants other people to take personal interest in what he or she thinks or does. Personal recognition is very important to these people. If these people work in your organization, again, where others may not need the accolades to keep them on track, promoters, they truly need to know when they're on track, when they're doing something right, because they can stray very easily. The promoter will tend to respond to incentives such as special recognition, a special reduction in price, additional benefits, or as a special gift. Anything, again, that has them feel that they're being noticed. Too many facts or details will often interfere or slow down the process. They don't make decisions by logic. They make them by emotion. Often others will need to take care of the details. They can come up with a great plan. They may even get everybody rallied around it, excited about it. But the small details are not what these people are good at. In fact, oftentimes they won't stick all the way through a project because the second it's not blaringly out in the open, the second it's not sensational, it's not fun, it's not energizing, they walk away. Often others will need to take care of the details, as we said, to finish up, to work most effectively with promoters, support, support their ideas and their intentions. Take time to relate to them and for socializing with them. Look for their opinions and the things that they find most interesting, particularly in those areas which you would like to develop a working friendship or relationship. Plan to ask questions about their ideas and their opinions and take time to listen to what they have to say. Spend time exploring stimulating ideas and possible solutions from both of your viewpoints. Put details in writing and summarize information. Ask for their opinions and ideas regarding people. They usually have a very good sense of character because they are such characters themselves. If you agree, you should work out the specific details such as who, why, what, and how, as promoters tend to look past the how-to and the detailed work. Your willingness to take initiative in handling these details will strengthen your relationship with the promoter. If you can be the person that really does the menial tasks in their opinion, in other words, the organizational factors, everything can keep them on track, can really add to that relationship. If you disagree with them, avoid arguing with the promoter as he or she feels strong need to win in arguments. If you can propose them what would be a better solution, again, they're so outside the box thinking, looking for creative solution, much better than getting into a face-to-face -face challenge with them. And so as we go through the behavioral styles, the one that we have not talked about yet would be the S in the DISC series. A person who places emphasis on cooperation, sincerity, dependability. We call these people in the uh, basic seminar in our theology, supporters. And of the four basic interaction styles, the supporter is the most relationship oriented. Generally speaking, these are the people that have problems with the other behavioral styles, but won't bring it up, won't take a stand for themselves, oftentimes get walked on, mistreated, find themselves over and over in that situation. Generally speaking, these aren't the people that are the hard ones to get along with until they really get hurt. Then they can pull back and they can totally withdraw. Again, supporters are the most relationship-oriented. The supporter works with and through other people in achieving results or influence. As opposed to directing things to happen, they really aid and assist other people. They can truly get there and do the things that highlight other people, that really they get the benefit in their heart, in their passions of knowing they're aiding and assisting other people, lifting them to a higher level. Supporters tend to be the most loyal to both the organization and to their families. However, they also tend to seek security and maintain the status quo. They don't like to be uncomfortable. They won't push, they won't risk. 
comfort is a big thing, and not only in their relationships, but oftentimes in their job, in their workspace. Supporters tend to be slow to change, and they're low risk takers, except in the service of other people. They will risk everything for other people, very little for themselves or their dreams. The supporter is one who will build teamwork within an organization, and they also work hard towards reducing conflict between others. Belonging to a group is an important need to a supporter because of the systematic and thorough approach to both tasks and people. The supporter is sometimes perceived by controllers and promoters as being too slow or wishy-washy in making decisions. They can cause frustration, especially when change is necessary. Yet the characteristics of thoroughness, dependability, and loyalty are often the factors that hold the organization together. To work most effectively with the supporter, you need to support the individual's feelings and relationships with others and show appreciation for what they do. Spend time working with these people as individuals and time dealing with their personal situations, their families and their interests. These people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Prepare your case in advance and don't be disorganized or messy. Establish a cooperative effort with the supporter and avoid overstating what you will or can realistically accomplish together to achieve a goal. They take things very personal. Communicate patience and take time to listen and draw out the personal goals of the supporter. Again, if you know what they want around their family, their occupation, their recreation, their dreams, and you can support that, these are some of the most loyal people you can ever come across. So kind of going over those four different behavioral styles, I know that the base that behavioral matrix exercise is an amazing opportunity, not only to logistically or intellectually understand, okay, I can start to see these people. I kind of get that this person might be from that controller or driver position, et cetera. It's an amazing opportunity to have an insight into yourself and others about what causes their decisions, truly how they think and what's important to them. And so in a moment, we'll be going over some questions, but some things that I really want to go over before we do is, you know, how do we deal with these personalities? And so going back to the controller behavioral style, you know, when dealing with these personalities, one thing to remember is dominance respects dominance. You've got to stand your ground and show a little confidence with these people. Now, again, not to make them wrong, but again, they can see so many times promoters or the supporter behavioral style is wishy-washy, someone who they are there to, let's just say, dominate. And so stand your ground. Be precise and efficient, time-disciplined and well-organized. Again, give recognition of their ideas. You've got to understand, these people don't need their egos boosted anything else. It's the vision that they have that really matters. Again, if you disagree, argue facts toe-to-toe, -to -toe, however. Don't be over-dominant. Some key words that you can use with controllers, performance, results, bottom line, target, professionalism, competent, impact, incisive, relentless. Time is money to these people. If you can keep nothing but that in mind with dealing with the controllers, the time is money. They see everything as a capitalization of their time or detraction from their time and be very sensitive to that. That can be one of the best ways to have them get away from being a difficult person. Again, going over to the analyst, when dealing with them, be organized, systematic. If you're dealing with these people in business, you have to show up exactly when you say, be exact and prepared, have data for them. You gotta be able to see their logic because they look at everything and weigh everything between a pro and a con. So you gotta be able to list advantages and disadvantages of every proposal. You have to give them time to verify words and actions. You definitely wanna provide solid, factual, tangible evidence of anything you're gonna say. Cite back it up. Follow up in writing to verify all discussions and make sure that you absolutely include all the details. And again, don't rush this person in their decision-making process. With the promoters, again, this would be somebody who comes from a formal, or excuse me, an informal behavioral style, but they're also very dominant. And so when dealing with them, give them center stage. Ask questions, let them talk. Summarize in writing to verify every agreed upon discussion as they don't tend to remember the small details. Use referrals from important people and companies. With these people, it is okay, only if you're being factual, to name drop a little bit. Again, a controller, not gonna work. Be entertaining and fast moving. Talk about their ideas and their dreams. And some of the biggest keywords to use with promoters, new, creative, innovative, 
variety, revolutionary, dynamic, dramatic achievements. And this, you're starting to kind of take a basis of all this in how they think. One of the biggest things you can do to be effective with all behavioral styles, again, we'll go over a few things about the supportive behavioral style, but really know how they make their decisions, what's driving them, what they think. We can go over this a little more, but again, I cannot urge you enough to either take on the full basic seminar, so many other pieces as well as this. And if you are a graduate, come back and re-audit the behavioral matrix. It will, every time you understand a little bit more about it, make you a better communicator with other people, have you more in tune with them, knowing what they deem is important, how they show their form of affection, love, how to return it. It is amazing what you can take away from these opportunities. And so the last behavioral style we're gonna kind of talk about is really, you know, in dealing with them, the supporters. Build a strong, sincere relationship with them. Again, these people, generally speaking, will stay in our lives as our friends, as our confidence, as even workers in our same industry or business. They're steadfast, they're steady. And if you build a steadfast relationship with this person, you can guarantee they're always gonna be there and just don't ever abuse it. Be interested in them as a person and actually listen. Take them out of the office, take them out for coffee, take them for lunch actually develop a true relationship with this person if you want to see their very best if you really want to see this person be a self-starter somebody that shows up and doesn't need that much direction if they feel they have a personal relationship they're serving with you it's amazing how far they'll go offer personal assurance of support but don't overdo it hold them capable and accountable this is the type of behavioral style they're so used to doing everything for everybody you got to hold them capable of what they say they're going to do for themselves or hold them into obligations whether it's workplace times definite income details that they may or may not want to take care of as far as their goals remind them they have a place at the table and if you disagree with them discuss it with them personally the worst thing you could ever do with somebody who wears their emotions on their sleeve as the supporters often do is take them on in front of people. If you have an argument, an upset, pull them aside, care enough to actually speak to them, they deal much better with that. And so what can make these behavioral styles? I think we're learning how we might be able to see them, perceive them, maybe even be more effective with them. But what can make them extremely difficult to deal with is the needs that will drive these personalities. Oftentimes, we can hear if we let go of our expectations on other people that oftentimes our frustrations come down maybe you even heard it this way we can let other people push buttons in us that we didn't even allow them to install and they can get the reactionary qualities out of us and so when you keep in mind what the needs of these people are what they need to be given what they need to save what they need to learn if we start with the controller behavioral style what the they need relationships which allow them freedom to do things their own way. Again, that is so important. The controller behavioral style, they need relationships which allow them the freedom to do things their own way. They need to be given opportunities to achieve, to complete, to feel that rush that they get when they set a big brass ring and they go for it and they get it and they feel supported in the process. One thing they actually need to save is time. These are the type of people that anything that you can do that doesn't waste their time in their opinion will definitely make them much easier to deal with, less combative, less confrontive. And one thing to keep in mind when you're communicating with this behavioral style is what they most need to learn. And what they most need to learn is how to listen to others and respond to feelings, how to cooperate, a little humility, a little empathy for others. And so any spaces that you can engage them in, set them in, that are gonna give those learning opportunities, especially if they are primary relationships. Again, how, how to listen to others is a challenge with them. One thing you may need to go over with them when you're communicating is, again, respectful, responsible communication, respectful. No one needs to be made wrong. We all can see it from a different point of view. I think that information we've covered makes that apparent. So respectful, no one needs to be made wrong. Responsible, it's my job to communicate to them above and beyond the filters they hear through, above and beyond what is easy for them, what is normal for them. And so again, it's not how they hear, it's how am I communicating? How may I need to adjust my communication so they hear it? And again, communication has a purpose, it has a point. 
go into every communication with every one of these behavioral styles again what is my end objective in this communication and start with the end result in mind it's a very important thing this goes so well with other tools we teach in the basic seminar screen of the mind is an amazing tool to see it as you want it to be before you even start down that road communication with these behavioral styles is very important that way as well you know as far as the analyst behavioral style they need leadership which structures a framework or a track to follow provides a well-established rules procedures expectations these people thrive the most in an environment that again is not dependent on the personality of a person to thrive at because it's got a true system for success a duplicatable process against structures and framework rules and procedures what they need to be given security quality no surprises you really want this person to function at their best have a great laid out plan before you turn them loose if you're going to change the plan or the direction three or four different times definitely definitely will add to difficulties with this type of personality one thing they need to save is their you know face if you will these people are so resistant to being wrong to making mistakes it's why if there isn't a clear-cut plan if there isn't a dedicated end result that's spec specked out it's absolutely visible to them they don't even want to take a step a step what they most need to learn and again when you're dealing with communication just understand this about them they need to learn to take risks and deal with the unknown it's a difficult proposal for them even in vacation planning if this is you know one of your most significant others have the brochures let them see a little bit again they don't do deal with the unknown it's difficult for them to take risks it's difficult for them to respond rapidly if you need an answer they you really got to make sure you prepare them with every single thing that they're going to need to make that decision they don't initiate well they need to lighten up a little bit they just again just know if you make them wrong that is the biggest hot button with them discuss what could be different discuss other alternatives even discuss what could be better in the systems the operations the communication you're currently having with them but again if it's going to solution they're very effective if it's about being wrong you back them up promoters they're a lot of fun but where they can be difficult is they seem like they're all over the place you can't reel them in they don't ever finish anything they are all over the board and so one thing you got to remember about them is what they need in leadership they need leadership that inspires them to a bigger and better accomplishments like a true vision something that they can be engaged in emotionally and then reminded of drawn into they need to be given approval recognition and a chance to be heard to speak their voice you know a great thing with recognition with them is they'll tell you what worked they'll be very specific about it was and they'll even tell you their ideas on what else they think would work one thing they need to save is effort any system of duplication you can put in autoresponder uh something technical that they don't have to monitor that helps them in their day they're very disorganized left to their own vices it's scraps of no paper all over and nothing that's duplicatable so again you know know that that they if you make something labor intensive a ton of effort to even get started you've lost them before you've even begun and again when communicating with these people one of the biggest things to remember is what they most need to learn is dis discipline and focus they they jump from one thing to the next they usually have a minimum of five unfinished projects at home at any given time to follow through and complete is difficult for them set dates with them hold them to it ride that accountability with them and they also need to think before acting so again if you can get them to slow down enough to think to see things clearly much more effective than just letting them take off in a spurt and so last group we're going to go over the supporter behavioral style what do they need in leadership they need leadership which details specific plans and activities and reassures them they're doing well along the way not from the way you would with a promoter to rev them up but just truly a heartfelt thank you gratitude let them know what they're doing well in fact my strong suggestion is before you even go on to anything they may be doing that's less than effective let them know what they're doing effective and then approach the communication to what could be even more effective what do they need to be given acceptance compliments 
some kind of emotional security is very important to them. Again, they'll put their heart into everything, but they gotta feel a heartfelt space open for them. What do they need to save? Relationships. It's very difficult for them to be abrasive in relationships. You want to say when this person is difficult, if they're in a, put in a position where they gotta either fire or hire people, tell people no, not the best suited people for those positions. In fact, you want to see them shut down completely, emotionally withdraw, it's a very difficult place for them to operate from. What they need to learn most, how to reach for goals, how to act without agreement, to actually be self-starter, to be more driven and results focused, especially for themselves. And so again, anything you can do to uplift, aid them, empower them, once they get a taste of it, they're very good and they will take other people with them. That's why once they can get over that hurdle, that hump of, let's say, taking action into their own hands, they can be huge team leaders, wonderful mentors, because they care so deeply about other people. And so in understanding all these things about these different behavioral styles, I think we can all see where oftentimes the most difficult people will be those behavioral styles that don't see things the way we do, don't have the same even love language, if you will, the same things that they show in appreciation. And so I'm going to ask everybody on the call, again, to start to think bigger, what is my end objective? And one technique that you can really use to start to tell what different personality types people come from, something that I've heard called or referred to as the Ford technique, ask questions about their family, their occupation, their recreation, and their dreams. If you know what's important to them about their family, what they do for a living, why they do it, what they take away from it, their, in other words, their occupation, their recreation, what brings them joy, what do they like to do in their spare time, and again, their dreams, what do they really want? If you can listen astutely, and again, another great tool that we teach in the basic seminar, the third way of listening, truly listen to people from that third way of listening, and you'll be amazed at how they can set you up and then don't pigeonhole them in any one area because where you want to approach everyone from to make it less dis difficult is to know where they're coming from, know where you're coming from and start somewhere in the middle so that you can set a new space for them to join you in that actually serves what's important to them. And so Kat, I know I could keep going. I don't want to do just an information dump. I'm going to turn it over to you at this point. I know you've got a few suggestions for them. And then I know we were going to have a question and answer point in this call. And I'd love to take on some specifics about how all this works. Uh, great. Yes. You packed a lot of teaching into the first part of the call. And before we go into questions, I just want to take a moment for everyone on the call who has not yet done our classes. If you want more tools to support you in your communication and improving your relationships, both both personally and professionally, the basic course has extremely effective techniques that you can put into practice right away to build those relationships beyond what you previously thought possible. And if there are other results that you really want to create in your life, at the basic seminar, you get to uncover your limiting beliefs and discover what has been holding you back from living the life of your dreams, whatever that is for you. Uh, the basic is an experiential class. You will be immersed in powerful exercises and get to explore who you are, what you really want, and how to get where you want to go. Again, if there's anything you want more, better, or different for yourself and your life, then go to psibasicseminar.com and get registered for the next PSI Basic. We hold classes in cities across the country, so find a location and a date that works for you. Again, that's PSIBasicSeminar.com. Now, let's get to some questions. First off, from DP, what do you do if you discover that you are one of the difficult people? You know, that's an awesome question. And I think that becomes so readily apparent when we can even step back and take a look at ourselves and our behavioral styles, what's really driving me in this communication? What is it important to me that this person does or responds as in this communication? And so I think we've all been the difficult person once or twice. I think it's a two-folded question. Number one, acknowledge it. Acknowledge it and do something different. 
you know, I know so many times we can say, well, I know I'm the root of this problem, or it's just the way I see it, or that's just how I feel about it, or that's just how I am. And the truth is, is make a decision. If you truly want to be more effective with other people, and I assume you do just based on the fact that you can take a look at, maybe I am the one constant in all my relationships. And so really stepping into acknowledging, okay, what would I need to do to be more effective and truly diversifying your communication to what is it that's going to be most effective for people to hear? Realizing you're one of the most difficult people can mean that you have high demands on other people that maybe you uh, don't explain things well. And so I'm going to ask that you really start to take on the tools in your communication. I know if you've done not only the basic, but some of the advanced levels inside seminars, really going back to becoming a master at some of these principles in putting yourself in a space where you're most successful with others. We can be short-sighted sometimes. So um, again, Knowing you have some tools, <laughs> decide to do something different and really be open to feedback are the two biggest things that you can do there. Uh, great, up from next from SS, on the other side of that question is, what is the best way to deal with people who use, that's just the way I am as an excuse? <laughs> well, uh, believe them. To a point. And what I mean by that is if somebody says, this is just how I am, what they're saying is any other response, any other solution is beyond my current way of thinking or beyond what I'm willing to accept right now. And I think the only time that I've seen, uh, especially in my 15 years of tenure of teaching the basic seminar around the world, the only time that we cannot be more effective with someone else is when that person is just so stuck that they don't want anything to be different in their life. They are just fine with having everything the way it is, even a terrible or let's just say non-effective results. If somebody truly is stuck that way, best thing I know you can do is say, okay. And if that's what you decide, that's what you decide. This is where I want to go. And this is the space I will hold you. And if you can change your mind at any time, if you can join me over here, that space is open for you. But if somebody is just hell-bent on, let's just say, taking things down or destruction, sometimes we just got to go ahead and get, the, get out of the way. The other thing that I would say is get that person to the next Psy Basic seminar as fast as possible because one of the things that just wrenches my heart, and it's got to be their decision, but just wrenches my heart, is somebody who is not open to having more, bigger, better, or different in their life. It is the very thing we talk about from the beginning of the basic seminar, either you're growing or you're dying. Inspires others into growth, but don't let anyone slow you down or take you down to where you're decaying as a result of staying stagnant with them. Kat? Perfect. Uh, next, it's interesting how these questions, you can kind of see people's personality just in the questions they ask. From RB, how can I deal with people who don't listen to instructions no matter how many times I've repeated myself? You know, we teach so many things in the basic seminar and one of my favorite opportunities in the three days to really have those opportunities to have transformational growth happen. In other words, experiential learning. The first thing that comes to mind if we approach it from a responsible version is there's one standard in this situation if it's everyone outside of you doesn't listen to your communication no matter how many times you explain it you might want to start with a simple question and this may seem counterintuitive because generally speaking when we over and over explain something to someone or a group of people they don't understand we might even have a tendency to say what did you just hear what do you hear me saying and the truth is if we really want to be effective with people, you got to go one step further into responsibility. And that question would now be framed as, what did I just communicate? And then really listen to the response. Because anytime we say, what did you hear? What did you hear me say? We're basically saying, hey, dummy, are you keeping up? Or, hey, am I going slow enough for you? You want to lose people all together? Insult them that way. And so I know this sounds a little harsh, but really take it upon yourself to, if you are the one constant denominator in this, Next time you communicate, and you're going to have to keep communicating based on results because not everybody's getting it, 
ask that question and come from what did I just communicate and listen to the response. You may be shocked at what you're actually communicating because it's not just one person or two people or three people hearing you less than effectively. Well, on the other side of that question from NB, how do you handle people who treat you like you're stupid? Well, there are certain behavioral styles, and I don't think we need to go back over them, that can just by their sheer shortness, their sheer um, absolute need to save time to not be even considering emotions, they can come across that way. And I think the biggest thing that we can do is give them feedback. Again, not all feedback is comfortable, but if you don't give somebody feedback, it's giving them permission to stay the way they are. And so that feedback could be quite simply, what did you want me to take away from that communication? What was the intended communication in that response? Because I, this is what I got out of it. And I don't know that's what was intended. Give that person an opportunity to, let's say, I'm not even going to say feel, because generally speaking, they don't, if it's a certain personality, but at least hear how their verbiage is being communicated. If they do not first see it from a different point of view, they can take no different tract in actions. Now, the truth is they may or may not do anything different in their actions. That's up to them. But do not give them the alternate spot to see it or hear it from. And this could be very difficult if this is a uh, superior of yours, someone who, let's just say, uh, <laughs> is higher than you in the hierarchy where you work. However, again, what did you want me to take away from that? What were you ex expecting to communicate? Would you like to know what you just communicated as I heard it? And then be good with them saying, no, I don't. But again, that's one where you got to start to truly take a stand for yourself and what, what you allow in communication. And if you don't give anybody feedback, you got nowhere to start from. Uh, next from LL. How do you not take it personally and still be supportive when the person is your spouse? Well, I think you do take it personally. If the person is your spouse, um, you know, I can only come from my relationship knowledge and uh, 24 years married, uh, 26 years together. You can't not take it personally when it's your spouse. And so I think one of the big things there is the second we start to shut our emotions down, go numb, not feel anymore, we've actually set a different type of allowance to be treated a certain way, spoken to in a certain way. I think in a relationship, especially, you know, uh, marriage or partnerships, toughest ones out there, you've got to set aside time to really let the other person know what's going on, to not come from old built up resentments, to take control of there's a great exercise we do in the basic seminar around the three r's and one of the solutions in that whole progress is really to own your emotions and when you talk to that person about it because you're going to have to because the only way for someone to operate differently is to first see a different version of them hold up the mirror to somebody again feedback is one of the most difficult things to do and that I think, as I'm hearing myself talk, maybe one of the reasons these people are so difficult to deal with, because we want to just grab them, shake them, you know, speak to them in a language they'd understand and say, do you even know what you're doing? Would you look? And so there's a better way to do that than obviously grabbing them by the collar or snapping them in the head. But if you're not willing to have them take a look at it. And so going back to where I started, in that opportunity, to come from ownership. This is what is going on for me. These are my feelings. These are my emotions. This is my experience in this. Because anytime we start with you did this, you did that, um, just being creatures of self-preservation, you know, we, we are still alive on this planet uh, because it's in our DNA. Anytime you back somebody into a corner with a finger, whether it's uh, any of the four behavioral styles and say, you did this, you made me feel this way, you, 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 and point a finger out, you've backed them into a corner. Now, some people based on their behavioral styles, based on different things will come back at you differently. Some people will just shut down. Some people may come at you aggressively. Some people may store that in their memory banks for the next nine years and torture you with it, whatever it is. But again, you gotta let them know if it is an important relationship to you, you've gotta stay open to the relationship to shut down is the surest sign it's gonna fail. 
And if it means something to you, you got to communicate. But again, it's going to be coming from ownership of your feelings. This is what's going on for me. These are my emotions. These have been my perceptions. And be open to hearing what that person has to say. And so I hope that helps. But, uh, you know, again, so many couples attend the basic together. I will do a shameless just even piece here. Spouses, partners that do this work together. My wife and I did the classes together 18 years ago. And it was the biggest thing that changed our relationship to the way we function with our children, how we listen to each other, how we are emotionally in tune with each other, the tools that we have, the fact that there are no arguments, there is literally solution. Uh, the upsets are understood and moved past very quickly. Just so many opportunities. And I don't even know if this is true, but so many times when I hear something like that, I would have to assume that maybe only one of the Spouses or partners has uh, taken on the amazing work that is offered inside seminars because when two people in that relationship or both of them have the tools, it's amazing what can be accomplished. So, again, own your feelings, your emotions, and definitely move forward. You know, we have another question from uh, somebody who has not yet done our classes from TW. Is it really possible to change your behavior or bad habits? It is. Um, you know, one of the very topics we start off with in the basic seminar is that, uh, you know, no one needs the basic seminar. No one needs this work. Why? Because you were born perfectly into this world with everything you needed to succeed. But out of the events in our life, we take on mindsets. Uh, we can call them programs, paradigms, viewpoints on ourselves, other people of the world. And the thinking we can call it our subconscious level of thinking. Again, the set of lenses that we wear and see ourselves and others in the world through. That is what dictates our behaviors, our actions. And then out of our behaviors or actions, we produce our results. And so it is absolutely, but it's not as easy as most people would think. In fact, it's the very core purpose for the seminars we do. You have to change your perceptions and your thinking, your beliefs, before you will take any new actions. Otherwise, you're running on a predestined, let's just say, program, uh, much like hitting a run button on our computers. If the program's already set in motion based on all of the viewpoints, very hard to change a behavior. You start to change how you think, how you see things, and the tools you have to work with. It is amazing what you can do with your behaviors and actions, greater results. So yes, but it's not by just ingraining a new one in your day-to-day -day routine, not just by, I'm gonna do it this way now and I'll never do it that way. I don't know anybody that's worked for. You have to change the thought process, the automatic pilot that's driving the behavior to really have it be successful in long-term. Perfect. So because we have so many people on the call who haven't done the classes, if you could take just a couple of minutes to share what our series of classes is about and how it's different from any other training you're going to see out there, and then give us a few takeaways from the call. Very good. Well, um, you know, we talked a lot about the basic seminar because the side basic is the foundation for all the classes we do. Um, we also offer advanced classes. It's a trilogy of classes. There's the life success course or size seven as it's referred to. And then there's the men's and women's leadership seminar series. Um, the basic is just the biggest opportunity. You know, I have, I'm doing the basic uh, coming up here in two weeks here in Denver. And my youngest son, who's 14 years old, is going to be in the class. Uh, I think it's the biggest gift we can give him before he attends high school and the peer pressure that's waiting there because he's done such a great job. But he is, you know, again, deciding who he really wants to be at a whole new level. Um, my <laughs> nephew's going to be in the class. Several of my kids' friends, we have, uh, you know, several of our extended family members. I, I turn it on to everybody because the basic to put it bluntly, it's the basic set of awareness and tools that anybody needs to have to truly take on new thinking that is going to produce new results in their life. You're going to take on opportunities around communication, stress management, understanding the behavioral styles better. Uh, God, there's so many opportunities there moving past current and past resentments, conflicts quicker, easier with more resolve, truly setting goals, knowing how to stick to them. It's insane what you cover in three days 
what makes it very different than anything else uh, that's out there is it's all experiential, whether it's myself, one of the other amazing facilitators that tours at the site seminars and does these classes. It's never about the facilitator. It's not about listening to anybody else tell you how you live, how you should live your life, what you should do, how they reach their level of success. It's three days of about 30 plus exercises that literally you get to hold up the mirror for people and they get to explore question and discover their lives such that they leave with such profound observations of self that they instantaneously put them into action, producing different results, true results that are aligned with their vision and their dreams. The Life Success Course Size 7 is in place for those people that truly want to take it to the next level. Taking on those limiting beliefs, those ways that we can hold ourselves back, especially once you become aware of them and oftentimes aware where they're showing up in areas you didn't even have the auspice to realize before, and people fly in from all over the place, meet at San Francisco International Airport, go up and spend seven days in a full submersible retreat setting. And what you take on up there from changing relationship with fear to truly taking on a new thought process around abundance, not only wealth, but also time and liberty, taking on opportunities to truly bust through trust issues with yourself and others, truly taking back on, I'm going to suggest the greatest parts of you that maybe you had Put away with all the little things that haven't worked out, all the little ways you didn't stand up for yourself over the time that stacked back up to really take that back in an immediate and amazing way. And then the men's and women's leadership seminars are once you have those true alignments back together in you, what is it that you really want to do legacy-wise and how are you harnessing and focusing that power and truly initiating all of your vision in an amazing way as you step forward as that born leader you were born to be, but leader of self in a way you've never been so that you can lead others in a way that you've never, ever been able to. And so these classes all being experiential, not lecture-based, not uh, let's just say you'll never even hear right or wrong, good or bad, just strictly what's effective, what's ineffective, and how could you, with the gifts that you've been given, take and unleash a whole new power on every result you're creating. I couldn't recommend it highly enough for everybody. Again, it has been the biggest thing I've ever done in my life and the reason that I give so much of my time to facilitate these seminars so other people can have that opportunity. We're almost, uh, you know, we're, we're halfway into the third quarter now of 2017. And if you're asking yourself, am I truly as fulfilled as I want to be, where I want to be, you know, it's, it's kind of a benchmark because we're almost three quarters of the way in. What would it be like to truly end this year in that amazing flow? I, I invite everyone, take these classes on. It would be one of the most amazing investments you ever made. And the only investment I know you make that returns over and over is the one in yourself. Now, do you have um, a couple of takeaway points from the teaching tonight you can share with everyone? Well, yeah, one of the biggest things that I would uh, just end with is when you're working with these different behavioral styles, because again, um, <laughs> if you really look at what they, it comes down to, controllers, again, they're swift reaction, they're relentless, they like power, being in control, they have minimum concern and caution for a relationship, they deal with the present, they're outspoken, they're decisive, they tend to reject inaction, they respect individual initiative, and they definitely want to be the decision maker. If you really look at them, they come from a, I'll tell you, not I'll show you, but I'll tell you. The other group that comes from a tell you is an analyst. They, they, they ask questions. So in other words, a controller is going to tell, an analyst is going to ask a lot of questions. They tend to be very cautious, very precise, and neat, minimum concern for relationships. They tend to reject change. They have a serious nature. They tend to reject involvement. They work well alone. They're a problem solver. The promoters, they like to show you. And the supporters also like to show you. So you've got two groups, one that tells, one that asks, and two that show. The supporters, they will show you, again, the, their need for appreciation, how loyal they are. They reject conflict. The promoters, they're rapid into action, they're dramatic, they're showy. Keep in mind that we never want to have you pigeonhole anybody by these behavioral styles. But again, if you know what drives them, just ask yourself before any communication that you're going to have that's going to be a difficult one, or as we say, with difficult situations or different difficult personalities, how are they going to hear this? And what is my end objective? And if you can start to mesh the how they're going to hear it 
to get you to your end objective. It's amazing how without compromising on any of your moral framework, your fiber, anything, you can start to custom tailor or construct communication that really gets you where you want to go, no matter what filters or what behavioral style the other person is. And so with that, um, know that you do have the power communication. If you take it on from a responsible factor, it's your job to communicate, not their job to hear. Again, one key thing I cannot state enough, if you're ever finding yourself perplexed up against it with somebody in the communication, simply ask, what did I just communicate? Again, not what did you hear me say, not what did you hear? That's a, again, almost an insult on somebody, but what did I just communicate? And then truly listen to their response. You may be shocked at what you hear and then be willing to, with new information, redirect. You know what? That wasn't at all what I meant to communicate. Let me start over and don't be willing to perfect your communication. With that, Kat, I think that's everything I have to offer this evening. And I can't wait to see everybody soon at uh, one of the up and coming basic seminars. Wonderful. What an awesome call. Thank you so much, Todd, for sharing your teaching with us tonight. You really packed a lot in. I'm sure people will be listening to this over and over. And thank you to everyone listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the call and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's training. It's scheduled for Tuesday, September 12th. You can register now at psilive.com. And remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's psilive.com. If you're getting value from our podcast, don't forget to rate us and leave a review on iTunes. And definitely share it with anyone you think would benefit. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic course, you can go to psibasicseminar.com where you'll find information about the class as well as the upcoming dates and locations that are open for registration. Thank you everyone for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night.